0: This Three Beards Media podcast is sponsored by Revelton Distilling Company. When Rob and Christy Taylor started following the Kentucky bourbon trail in 2012, they fell in love with not only bourbon, but the entire distilling process. Just eight short years later, in 2020, Revelton Distilling Company was opened, offering an entire family of products, including vodka, gin, whiskey, and Revelton Shine. Come visit the tasting room at 1400 West Clay Street in Osceola, Iowa, where you can sample one of their many spirits, including four gold medal winners. Can't make it to Osceola today? Not a problem, as you can pick them up at your local Hy-Vee or Fairway grocery stores. Follow Revelton Distilling on Twitter or Instagram at ReveltonDC or their website, www.ReveltonDistilling.com.
1: Three Beards Media podcast may contain mature themes, and if you're not down with that, we got three words for you: like the podcast, nailed it. you like sample some of my nuts. Hello and welcome to a special live edition of Old Man Strength, a podcast of Three Beards Media and brought to you by Revelton Distilling Company. I am Tim Johnson, joined as always by Chris Shipley.
2: Chris,
1: how are we doing on this very special evening? We're doing alright, we're doing all right. My, uh, My
3: chair is sinking. I'm not sure what's going on with the hydraulics in this chair, but all of a sudden I... I feel like I'm sitting in a tiny chair at a big desk.
1: Oh well, good. I, I'm, you know, the important thing is that we're doing something live, uh, untested for the first time. We get to have a whole lot of background noise and mic noise and chairs sinking and all of that. So at least we are um, professionals. That's right. That's right. How are you? Oh, um, I'm. I'm. I'm good. I'm not going to pretend like I'm not a little bit nervous for this tonight. And and in general, I don't tend to be nervous for these things. But I just assume that there are people out there ready to pounce and make fun of me, uh, which is totally fine. I'm just more used to them making fun of you.
3: (laughs) See, you get tough skin like me. It's happened my entire life. So it'll be fine.
1: You'll be fine. I'll take care. Of you. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. Speaking of which, hi Bill. I'm sure you're out there uh, listening and making fun. Anyway, um, but yeah, man. Uh, uh, it has been, um, boy. I, I, what is this? Is this is this the seventh of March? I have no idea. Yeah, it is. It's. It, it is the seventh of March. We are. Uh, <clears throat> we
3: are. Almost to spring, maybe. I think we're going to get another
1: snowstorm this this week, which sucks. So, oh no, you guys are going to have snow. I literally have like two feet of snow right outside right now. So, um, uh, look, man, we are already getting messages popping in, and they're pretty much all just talking crap about us. So, uh, no, not at all. JT saying <laughs> what's up.
3: George's George has been waiting around. George's I think is happening on. Uh, He's hopping on drinks and things or something. I think I said that right. I have no idea. That was the widest way to
1: say that, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> oh, good, good, excellent. Oh, no, oh, that's right. He's he's in Arizona right now, so he's he's doing all right. George is already asking to be brought on. Well, well, I, I'll tell do you what. Depending on how this goes, we, do- we might need to do that very soon. Um. Yeah, man. I, right. You know, th- uh, things have been uh, things have been good. Things have been weird. I, I've had the last couple of days uh, off of work. My daughter has not had school. She had conferences. We've done a lot of science experiments, a lot of art projects, uh, played a lot of Battleship, uh, a little bit of everything, which has been good because I think I also need a lot of refresher on those things.
3: Battleship is uh that's a that's a good game i i felt that poor little girl like she has a day off of school and you're making her do science projects i was like
1: i'm not making her no. do anything do you, do you know how excited she no price so is like, right no sleeping in late uh, cereal all day long she no she like she asked to do math flashcards and she wanted to time herself on the mash flashcard math flat that's a tongue twister right there. Uh, she wanted to do the math flashcards and then time herself, and then see if she could beat herself through those. That's what kind of nerd I'm raising. It's fantastic. <laughs> uh, that's that's admirable. There's no way she's already
3: a better student than I was ever.
1: Clearly, well, yeah, no, that I mean, that's that's a very low bar. That's not.
3: There's no need to take a shot. i was giving <laughs> your kid a compliment. There was. I was already implied that I was taking a shot at myself. You know.
1: <laughs> no, I appreciate uh, that. Um, I. I mean, life has been. It's funny, man. Uh, for as quiet as life is, it's also been super busy, and I. And I know that you can kind of relate.
3: Yeah, I. I now know what it's like to. I would joke to to my friends that are retired and be like, "Well, oh, you're way busier than." Than, than you were when you were working. I, I've not been employed since January 9th, and I don't know that there's been a day where I've just kind of just sat in the house and done nothing. You know, I mean, there's there's all kinds of stuff to do. Stuff has gone on with the boys that I've had to run to Ankeny. I, I can't tell you how many times I've ran to Norwalk, to Ankeny, and back. Uh, just for, I mean, it just so happens something happens, and now I'm off, so I can go do it. And then, you know, the stuff going on with mom that I had to take care of. So mm-hmm. things are starting to to kind of slow down with all that stuff. So I don't know. Maybe that means that I'm finally going to get a job.
1: I, I, I hope so. Because if that means that it finally slows down enough where you're just sitting around without pants, hanging around the house, then I apologize to Stacy in advance, first of all. for that. I mean, let's be honest.
3: I was doing that while I was working anyways.
1: Oh, uh, man, that's not an <laughs> image anybody needs to see.
3: I mean, I do check to make sure the camera's not on. I mean...
2: <laughs> I hope so. <laughs> I'm beginning to understand why. <laughs> Never mind. <laughs>
1: what? Oh, I'm so glad that this is our first live stream and that we can only see you from, like, the chest up, so it's fine. Um, I got
3: pants on for this
1: episode. Um, well, that's one of us. Um <laughs>
3: Oh look, our, our viewership just dropped. It
1: just dropped completely when it turned out that you had Uh Are you kidding me? That's not mm. true whatsoever. JT is still very engaged.
3: He is. Uh, he needs that, to
1: get his middle-aged white guy feel. So he thought he'd tune in. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's uh, that's unfortunate. Um, yeah, man. I uh, so. I feel like we've got a a lot of different things to talk about. Certainly, you know, on this podcast, while we are not uh, just about Central Iowa or Iowa or the upper Midwest, there have been some things that I think we've had a lot of robust discussion about that have been happening. So uh, I kind of feel like we have a lot of things we could talk about. Is there any any topic you kind of want to start off with? I'm open.
3: I figure that uh, we've not had a good old-fashioned old man strength episode where we just kind of talk about stuff going on. And I'm sure at some point a Melvin story will pop in there or two or some Melvinisms will happen that uh, that will give us some wisdom as well. So you, you pick a topic, I'm sure we can talk about it. We got uh, the absolute uh, losing of their minds of these crazy bills that the uh, legislature is putting out here in Iowa. Uh, we can uh, talk about that.
1: <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I mean, I was absolutely batshit crazy right now. I, I don't even know that I want to get into that just yet. I, actually, let's start off easy. Let's okay. start off very easy. So oh, I feel like this is a setup No, this is not a setup <laughs> whatsoever. Well, it's mean, not it's a, a spelling bee. L-
3: I feel like you're going to give me a spelling
1: <laughs> <text>. <laughs> <laughs> Can you use it in a sentence? Country of origin. Stacy uh, asked know, me
3: what a preposition was the other day, and I couldn't tell her. It,
1: did you say you shouldn't end a sentence with a preposition? At. No, I did not. Oh, you should have. She would have appreciated that joke. <laughs> uh, I know she's not listening because why the hell would she? But um, no, I I, I want to start off with something easy, and it was a fun topic that came up today uh, from our our partner uh, in three beards, Anya, who asked about the color of our wardrobe. <laughs> what what colors? What color scheme? Men? Yes of three beards have in their wardrobe. Um, so you, you did say that you actually have a decent amount of color in your wardrobe. I, I do. I, I do tend to color
3: coordinate my, my outfits. I tend to do a lot of matching my hat with whatever color outfit that I'm wearing as well. So I do. Does, does that
1: include uh, at weddings and funerals? You mentioned your, your no, 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 to... I no, I do <laughs> not
3: wear It's one of the rare times I don't wear a hat. Um, but you know, to like Aaron, what Aaron said in Slack today, when you start losing your hair and you go bald, you, you wear a lot of hats. And that's typically what I do. So um, I wear, yeah, I've got, uh, I do have some reds and some some greens and some yellows and things like that in, in my wardrobe. Of course, I, I do have that plethora of of black and gray and, and, and dark blue and things like that. But I, I pop in a little color every once in a while
1: yeah you know i I used to wear a lot more color um I just don't I, I part of it is is like I said, uh I'm just a sweaty bastard, and my job is physical and I sweat um, uh, yeah, so so Chris does uh ask about red, and I know that you do wear red because of cyclone. I did want to ask. Right. I did want to ask this. This was a, a question that, that came up for me today that I didn't ask yet. Um, as as you and I both get older, I'm not going to just throw you under the bus. I here. appreciate that. Uh, I'm not going to just throw you under the bus. But as so, you and I have now known, you and I have now been friends for like, like almost like three years, probably close to. Yeah, it'll be three years, uh, I think, in September. Yeah, exactly. Um, and I've seen us both get grayer, right? Yes. Um. Do you worry at all that wearing red as your beard gets gray slash white that people are going to confuse you for Santa Claus? No. Let me ask you this: Should you worry as you, <laughs> as you get older and gray? No, because
3: uh, I, I will. I'll be. I'll give you an honest answer. Uh, it's pretty rare in my family, the men in my family, that they go completely white and gray.
1: Okay, so <laughs> well, rare is one thing right. um, I, I, I'm just I'm just a, a fan of trends uh, Chris And uh, uh, As I look at some trends So JT's going to call me Woody, Woody Harrelson And that's a perfectly adequate uh, I don't even know if that's criticism Um I have heard that uh, Before But I don't really know What he's getting at there Other than that I just look like Woody Harrelson uh, Maybe I mean you're more of the Woody Harrelson
3: from Cheers, who's not who's a little fuzzy on, on, on things and and not he's lovable, but just not very
1: bright. Oh, that's me. Yeah, yeah. you're right. You're right. I, I think I think there's there's a very clear pattern on the on this podcast. <laughs> I am the dim-witted one, clearly exactly. on this podcast. That's we finally have <laughs> the after
3: three years, we've got this whole podcast thing mapped out with proper proper lineage no i don't oh, yeah. worry so- i don't worry about that honestly i i i get what you're getting at right that i'm getting older i'm a little i have kind of a belly i get it i'm well i wasn't even saying the belly <laughs> i'm just
1: saying that you you no you're, you're graying right so yeah. if you get a gray beard and you wear red right and you're jolly am i jolly though uh <laughs>
3: <laughs> no that's true. that's true that's true i'm kind but, of an ass to be fair I, now if we're talking bad santa then okay then yeah now i fit more of the bad Santa. <laughs> kind of a dick uh no i do not worry about that i i i'm being honest i don't think the way i grow my beard or anything else that uh i will be uh confused with santa claus sorry don't i
1: don't think that so, so uh, J T has already said that I would be confused for Woody Harrelson. Who would you be confused for? Oh,
3: that's easy. Hold on.
1: If you pull up George Clooney, is... I'm fucking quitting this podcast uh... right here on the spot. Just so you know.
3: Okay, hold on. Uh, this is where we uh, we get to use this new technology that Three Beards is playing is uh, is paying for. I would say this is a good one. Okay. Uh, live, I cannot unsee it, Tim. That's what George says.
1: No, I it, no, it's 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 true. I I have a, a Woody Harrelson vibe. It's fine. I've got no problem with that. I mean, White Man Can't Jump was a great movie. Zombie that was a landed, movie. great movie, right? Oh, Vincent, Vincent D'Onofrio, you think you're Vincent I, D'Onofrio? I do huh? think
3: I I do. Yes, yes. Hmm. Hmm. Okay, listeners, listeners, chime in. You think I look like Vincent Nadafre? I think that's that's who I look like. And I tell you,
1: his unbearded version,
3: if I shave, I look
1: a lot like him. Well, I mean, I, I def I definitely see you wearing a fedora. Um okay. Yeah, you know, I, I mean, like if I close my eyes and imagine really hard, I can probably see it. Um but I have a very vivid imagination. If
3: McKenzie says, "I'm guessing that's a no from McKenzie. That's a no from George. It's a no from Chris.
1: I mean, we could talk about who Chris looks like. Uh, no, I don't think that. That's right, no, JT.
3: I'm I, not weird enough for Vincent.
1: That's right. Uh, boy, uh, that's a that's a, a very um, subjective term there. Um, uh, what stunt?" <laughs> You you think he's gonna be a stunt double for Vincent D'Onofrio? What stunts is Vincent D'Onofrio what, doing that he can't do himself? That... That's yeah, exactly, exactly.
3: That, that stunt double actually has to get off the couch. See, Jolene, <laughs> says, I look like... Jolene says I look like him. Uh, my mom could be worse. Uncool? It could be the yeah, exactly. Could be the Vincent D'Onofrio from Kingpin, where he's super fat and bald. Which I did pull that
1: I did pull that mm. look off once. So I I have got I've got no other comment on that. Um why Olivia Benson? Is that well <laughs> no Olivia no, those are two different versions of Law and Order, JT. Uh there were a couple I, I of who Olivia Benson is. So criminal intents oh, okay. and law and order SVU. So Vincent D'Onofrio yeah. was on criminal intent. And Olivia Benson, yep. played by Mariska Hargitay, is on SVU, and they did have a couple of crossovers. But JT is largely showing a what a uh, Midwestern housewife he is by how much he knows about Law and Order. They had crossovers. Yeah, <laughs> we
3: just said that.
1: Listen, the original, uh, yeah, uh, the
3: original no- Law and Order was the best. All those other ones are shit.
1: I no, I would. Agree. I would agree with that. There, there were parts of, of criminal intent that I that I enjoyed, but yes, um, Caitlin uh, will be coming one...
3: for me in the in the uh, in the comments now because SVU is like her favorite show.
1: Yeah, I. Do... So I was having this conversation with someone the other day because uh, she was saying how she watches uh, SVU, and her dad was saying or. Her, some I, I think her dad was saying oh that's too like graphic and everyone dies but then then her dad watches Dateline and she's like at least my murder is fake and yours is real <laughs> um which is fair but i'm also i i am also a little bit of a true crime uh junkie myself and I don't know why and i also don't know what it says about me that when I can't sleep i turn on like a like the spotify the podcast version of 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 2020 or dateline or 48 hours um I, mean, I i would argue that keith morrison's voice is just soothing and he could literally just be talking about like he could read like a uh like a casserole recipe and and it would probably put me to sleep with this folksy kind of sing-songy uh voice but uh, it is way too easy to fault. Fall asleep too.
3: I watched uh, Stacy and I will watch Dateline quite a bit. Shocker, I know we're old, but I uh, yeah. no
1: no, I I figured you guys would watch 60 Minutes, you old balls.
3: No, 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 I hate that show. Uh, what we, we yeah, I, I don't like 60 Minutes, I'm not 70. Okay, <clears throat> um, uh. The episode of Dateline that we watched the other night was probably the first one that I've watched in a long time where it was pretty obvious who had done it. And I didn't want the person to be guilty because I liked her so much.
1: Oh, yeah. Like, that's that, that, it, well, that's the was, thing. Like, I, first of all, I have I have a, like a bias was, against. Uh, yeah, I've like I have a bias against the system because like too many episodes of Dateline, there's there's some like DA that's digging in their heels on. Oh, I know they're guilty. Yeah, sure, that DNA evidence exonerates them, but I know they're guilty, right? And so like I yeah. already kind of have like this stupid bias for the accused on there, even if they're like, oh no, like literally, he wrote he like he videotaped himself, like he he posted TikToks <laughs> of him in the middle of the murder, and I'd be like, yeah, but consider this other like i already have a bias i get that um right uh, i don't uh, well i i mean i think so have you ever served on jury duty i have not no okay so i've done jury duty twice uh first time i was the jury foreman second time i'm case got dismissed before we got to consider all the evidence we only heard the prosecution's case we left the room defense made a motion to, to dismiss and it was granted and we didn't even get to consider the case, but I have done it twice. And so I do uh, like, I, I get like how easily people are swayed by a uh, flash or opinion or, you know, whatever. Right. Uh, charm, right? Like people are easily charmed. Like, you know, so, you and I are old enough to remember the the OJ verdict, yep. right? And yep. you and I are old enough to 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 remember watching that and being like, are you fucking kidding me? Like they did not understand how DNA works, any of those. Right. Um uh but you know, and we remember a lot of people at the time being upset about it, and then enough of them after the fact going, yeah, no, no, no that's Right. That That was kind of silly. Like now that we understand our DNA works, but we also don't understand like jurors in isolation and jurors in a room. And there's a weird peer pressure that happens in a, in a jury deliberation. There really is.
3: Oh, I'm sure. Especially in a, in a sequestered one like that, where, uh, They constantly are, you know, they they just want to get out of there, right? And I think some people are trying to do the right thing. Some people are just wanting to get out of there. So I have not been able to serve, but I I would imagine you're probably pretty right. There's a lot of pressure in
1: there. Well, yeah, because there's some people that just like think jury duty is like a huge pain in the ass. And there's other people like me that were biased that were probably like, you mean I get a week off of work where they have to still legally pay me? Uh, and I get to hang out here and and live out my my nerd true crime fantasies already. Like, yeah, like hell hell yeah. Um, uh, (laughs) and then I'm sitting
3: there going, Where's Matlock?
1: Oh, yeah, no, I was, I was, I was definitely, I was definitely the uh, you know, I kind of feel like we need one more day to deliberate that. Are you, what do you guys think? Like, should we just think one more day, right? Maybe at least can we stretch this one more day to deliberate this like like uh, it is thursday and i have a meeting i really don't want to go to tomorrow could could we maybe just stretch it out right um
3: mike i'm not live but one if i have snacks he's the uh want to sample our nuts guy from the middle of the opening so he <laughs> forgot about that. One to do that, that one. Oh, fantastic. he's still pissed. I slipped that into the opening. Now it's so funny. Oh, my <clears throat> goodness, Ethan um, says yeah, he's no, always I... wanted to be a juror, but never been able to show up. He's never been asked to show up.
1: Yeah, I know. You know what's funny? It's like so. My sister uh, got asked hmm. to jury duty like three months after she turned eighteen. Like literally. Right after she turned 18, she was asked to, to serve jury duty. My mom has even been asked for, like, like not only like county jury duty, like federal jury duty. I don't think my dad in his 70 whatever years on this earth has ever once been asked to do jury duty. I did, I understand that it's random and I understand how statistics work, uh, but I've gotten it twice, right? Uh, you've yeah. never been asked once. Well, um, no, I've been asked, I've never served. Okay. Uh, Yeah. No, I've, I have, I've had to, I've had to go through the process of sitting there and and wait to get assigned and gone through for and all of that. Um, It's different now though, because it's different now though,
3: because this last time, which was in November, uh, I did not have to report. I would just have to call in every week and see if I had to report. And then if I didn't have to report, I'd have to call in a week later and I had to do that for the full month.
1: Oh, so you to do it for the full month. So you were probably assigned to a federal, not a not a, a county, because the county isn't a full month. Federal's full month, and you call in. You might have been on the on the federal. I don't know. It was for Warren
3: County though. So it was not for it was for the Warren County courthouse. Mm-hmm. Stacy was the same way. Yep. I think they've changed it a little bit around here. Um I think that's how they've since they went to COVID and didn't bring a bunch of people in and make them sit there. They I, I, a, a large I, don't, I don't. I don't know. Month.
1: I do think it has to do with that. There's like seven eligible jurors in Warren County at this point. <laughs> um, I, I think that there is partially that. I think. I think. Uh,
3: that, that might. Be I fair.
1: think ninety-eight point three percent of Indianola is already ruled out. That's um, also the median age, I believe, of Warren County too. <clears throat>
3: Yeah. See, Dela Gurdell says the same thing. I had it in Dallas County. I had to check a website once per week.
1: I don't even believe that because <clears> I don't even believe Dallas County has websites. I don't uh, even think they understand how that works. Are are are, are you sure you didn't? You're such an elitist up there in Minnesota. Facts, something in Chris. I think.
3: Uh, no. I I like to. Uh, I, Jolene I like to says, sure. "See, you don't know. I was different. Now my county is three weeks. Depends on the number of cases." And if they settle, I feel like Jolene knows way more about the process than she should.
1: Well, I, I, again, I don't know that it makes me, oh, oh. Oh, she's in Minnesota. Well, there you go. Yeah. Well,
3: who knew?
1: I don't know. I, I, when I was on jury duty here in Minnesota, Jolene, uh, I did not have three week assignments to that, but, uh, yeah, again, it, it could matter of, of what the, the the courts are going on what cases are going on uh i tend to think that for all of the uh, i don't know methamphetamine and calcium cases you guys have there in <laughs> Warren county uh maybe it's something a little bit different would you you mentioned the oj <laughs> you
3: you mentioned the oj trial and i will yes. say that i watched i watched that a lot now at the time i was working at the store with my dad yeah. and he would sit back there and watch it he'd be in his office watching so it was on in every tv in the office where yeah.
1: I Yeah, yeah. I remember Uh, we all watched it like we didn't have cable and it was still that that's how big of a deal. I don't think people I don't think people understand how big of a deal like if you weren't alive or of a certain age when that went on, like court TV is a thing now, sure. Right, right? like the Robert Durst case went on, and there was Court TV was covering all of that. I don't think people understand that uh in the age of OJ, first of all. The number of people that had cable was a lot lower than it is now. Yep. Actually, it might be higher, but at the same time, the, the streaming, streaming services and all of that, right? Right. And the internet. Uh, yep. Yep. And so, like, literally, they were covering this on, like, all four major networks, right? NBC, ABC, CBS, Fox were all covering things regularly.
3: Yeah. Evening programming, they were... They were playing that
1: so you were you were getting it streamed into libraries like literally i remember being in a library watching the oj case on a yeah. on a tv with the uh, the closed captioning on. obviously that I don't like the noise but yeah like it was a different thing back then right good lord this is this is where we put the old and old man strength chris i know right uh, but seriously like it was it was a yeah. very di- very different thing in the way that the entire country was captivated by it
3: and then not only did you watch the trial during the day, but then you watched all the news programs or the opinion shows in the evening. Yep. You know, that's where Greta Van Sustran cut her teeth and became huge and a big star. That's where Geraldo really kind of, I mean, he was always on the fringe and was just, you know, a reporter. Now he had. Oh, his yeah. You show. know, that-
1: yeah, you know, say so this was post him getting hit by a chair or interviewing Satanists. This was where they actually kind of re-transitioned him to a quote unquote legitimate type right. of newsman. Yeah.
3: He didn't he didn't uh, unearth Al Capone's vault.
1: <laughs> yeah, but it was it was an entirely different thing. Yeah,
3: what's up, Joel? Yeah, uh and I I loved it, right? So now I think to myself, <clears throat> like this, this uh murdoch case that's been pretty prevalent in the, in the yep. news the last and people were watching that uh and i was like man i i did i had no interest of watching that through and through even though i knew to take it back the first i had heard of that case was on dateline about four or five months yeah. ago Uh i'd watched the dateline and now now there's a, a netflix special and, and all this other stuff but um I don't watch as much as that as I used to and it was really riveting and maybe it was just because it was new back then right it was it was something different and it was never on TV like that before
1: Well so I mean so you think about there was this period where I think so if I if I first go back to the the Challenger explosion that was where uh, the dancing idiots I know I totally forgot about that Chris that's a that's a complete <laughs> uh <laughs> oh my goodness i can't even think straight now uh no i i do remember the dancing itos that was anyway uh lance Ito. um but no like if, if you go back to uh so say something like the challenger explosion right that was the first time where a really wide national audience cuz you can talk about other things that happened on live tv or things that happened in broadcast television that happened before then but there no. were still there was still a limited audience people who were watching in real time people who even had access in real time whether that be you know JFK assassination walking on the moon all of those things i know there were people glued to, to to tvs or whatever but like really like the challenger happened with millions of school children watching in real time. Yes. Right? Like yep. literally more TVs than ever before were watching that. And that kind of kicked off this new cycle where um, uh, the uh, late 80s earthquake in California and then the LA riot, like the Rodney King and the LA yeah. riots and the LA, like the LA riots, I, that really to me was the beginning of 24 seven news coverage, particularly again on network news. Not like, you know, like CNN is 24 seven or Fox, like whatever, 24 right. seven, but literally like NBC, like the, the networks covering 24 seven, something going on really uh, the LA riots were kind of the beginning of that. Right. Um yep. I'm I mean, like, I remember going, you know, sitting on, on, you know, someone else's couch watching the LA riots happen in real time, as that was going on, and you slowly moved up. And then the the OJ was kind of almost like the pinnacle of that era, right? Yep. Because it com- it combined celebrity mm. with with scandal, yep. with you know, real time interview with with Al Cowlings during the chase, yeah, wow, who. Yeah. Y- yes, Chris. And then Red Hot Chili Peppers <laughs> yeah, wrote about the L.A. Hundred. riots.
3: I was so oh for a break. I was so I was waiting for a break so that I oh, so that God. I could slip that in. And Chris beat me to it. Damn it! Oh, it's so good. Um, oh, Chris, yeah. thank you very much for
1: for a call back there. For our <laughs> listeners or viewers who may not be familiar, uh, Chris really thought the. Uh, that the Red Hot Chili Peppers <laughs> song Under the Bridge was written about the LA riots despite the fact that the song was written, produced and released two years after the LA riots uh, That doesn't mean he couldn't have been sad about how he felt that day <laughs> <laughs> in, in his defense you have a bigger argument if that song was years before the, the riots No, I Sorry. kind of feel, uh, anyway um this might
3: be a good time for a break
1: <laughs> oh no no sorry sorry it's the opposite yeah, yeah, yeah anyway but yes this probably is a good time for a break <laughs> why don't we go ahead and take a break and grab a word from our sponsor
0: at revelton distilling company everyone has become a part of the revelton family from the Taylors and their daughter who helped perfect their award-winning gins to the team who installed lucy our 33 foot tall custom-made still right down to the local farms that provide our coveted corn and even the cows on those farms who consume our mash byproduct. Want to see the farm to flask come to life? Now you can tour Lucy and find out where we take Iowa's harvest and transform it into our finest spirits. Choose between a 45 minute tour or find out even more by scheduling a VIP behind the scenes tour to get the taste of the full Revelton experience. You can visit them at 1400 West Clay Street in Osceola, Iowa, or, find all of Revelton's award-winning spirits at any local grocery or spirits retailer.
1: If you guys do not right. check out Re- Revelton uh, Distilling down in Osceola, please do. Go ahead and and give Rob and Christy our best. Uh, yeah, so again, as we were saying before that break, uh, Under the, the Bridge 1990. Oh, what? Oh, you found, you found, you found the, the chase. Hold on.
2: The dancing
3: Eidos. Maybe this isn't it.
2: This is
3: not the dancing Eidos. mind. mind. Oh
1: boy. Uh, that was a choice. Um, (laughs) Thank, thank you. I should have vetted that thank a
2: little
1: bit. Oh, well. But yes, no, no. I did have that backwards before. <laughs> LA riots 1992, under the bridge 1991. So you thought that they wrote a song oh, damn before it. the LA riot happened. Yeah. <laughs> uh, okay. No. I will say my first what? memory of, of,
3: of those, the LA riots for sure. But to me, yeah. what dragged me in the most was probably uh, the Gulf War. The Second World War, the, the Second Gulf War, uh, the constant—you yeah. know—the Wolf and the embedded journalists. You you watched and you got to see some of that stuff for the first time ever in history of being embedded with those people and live shots. I can remember watching reporters in Jerusalem, you know, taking cover because Iraq was was shooting missiles into uh, Israel and so on, trying to drag them into the war, and just being mortified of how terrifying that was
1: well yeah i, I mean like th- this is the first time that that in in our lifetime that we saw a general get a nickname of of storm and norman Schwarzkopf, right yep uh the first time in our lifetime that we knew the name of a missile with the scud mm-hmm. right like this is the first yep. time we understood what was really going on mm-hmm. and you know for for us to not understand you know it was post Technically, selective service was still a thing, but no one was getting drafted in there. Um, I, there was always a debate of whether or not this is officially declared a war, because who gets to declare a war, and what, and what else is going on, and what our role is. And you know, I I remember. So I was a I was a a paper boy uh, at the time, and I, I remember the front page of the paper that I delivered saying that. Iraq had invaded Kuwait. Yeah. And I didn't know what that meant, but my friend that was on the route with me knew what that meant, which was weird because we were both too young to understand what, what any geopolitical thing was at all. But, right. but he did cause he had you know, more politically aware parents than me or whatever. Um, But that was kind of maybe like my first foray into uh, honestly, international geopolitical uh skirmishes i don't yeah. know I, I don't know what the right thing is but then it literally became everything right like it became yeah. that's a good point i completely glossed over that when i was talking about kind of major uh 24/7 news cycles the the gulf war was kind of a kind of one of those things where well cuz it it been the first time since Uh, since vietnam really that the entire country had decided to go ahead and say this is a war not like a yeah you know conflict right yeah uh, yeah
3: well right yeah i remember going uh it's funny that you mentioned the newspaper because that's almost my first acknowledgement of that too was i remember sitting in a break room at the yonkers warehouse downtown i was working there over the summer before i became a before I went to Iowa state as a freshman uh, and sitting in the break room and looking at the paper and seeing that headline. Uh, that's a vivid memory of mine. And then going home, I was living with mom and dad and would sit and watch, you know, CNN with dad all the time. He was glued to the TV with that stuff.
1: So, But it's, I, it's also one of those things, you know, Chris that, you know, this is a pre internet era, right? Yeah. So you did learn things from the newspaper. Like, so many times we talk about how the newspaper is a dying media because they can't keep up with revenue or they can't keep up with stories, but the pace of news you know, back then you learned about things on a very slower scale. You learned right reading reading a newspaper headline, Iraq invades Kuwait was as close to real time as it gets. And now, you know, you read about that on Twitter. And so by the time it's a newspaper headline, it's already, oh, that's old news.
3: Right. And for them to, to want to engage you to read that article or whatever else, there has to be something else in that article that you can't get anywhere else. And in turn, what it, what does that sometimes
1: manipulate the news to become? So 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 Gulf War was was 1990, right? Am I am I wrong? Look at this for me. Yeah, 1990 I, 1991?
3: Yep. Right? So uh
1: so uh, to, I yeah, let's look. So so to be fair under the bridge yeah, August 2nd up. 1990. <laughs> okay, okay. So under the bridge was probably written about the Gulf War uh to be fair. <laughs> Hey, he doesn't want to feel
3: that way again. That that applies. Desert Shield or Desert Storm. This was... Shit, weren't they the same thing? No, Desert Shield. Desert Shield was when we went in and protected Kuwait, I believe. Desert Storm was when we uh, removed them um, from
1: Iraq with the second bush, right? I... No. No, little Wikipedia will tell us. No, you're thinking about uh, Iraqi freedom, which under the second Bush Desert Shield and Desert Storm were, yeah, you're right, with were, were two different maneuvers under the same administration under the first Bush. That's right,
3: Desert Shield, which marked the military buildup from August 90 to January 91, Desert Storm, which began the aerial bombing campaign against Iraq on January 91. <sighs> I'm really glad that we are
1: live-streaming this on Facebook because the only people paying attention on Facebook anyway are boomers, so they're the only people who are going to appreciate this conversation about things that happened in 1990. We're on YouTube. We're on, <laughs> we're on YouTube. <laughs> well, well, no, but you, so literally, so you talk about these things that we've talked about, right? Desert Storm 1990, 1991. Elliot um, uh, Riots 1992. O.J. Simpson case was uh, 1994. Like, the news cycle that happened within, like, the five years between 1990 and 1995, I, I, I don't... I, I wonder sometimes if Desert Storm and L.A. Riots and Rodney King and uh, and O.J. Simpson, all these things that happened from, like, 2005 to 2010, would they carry the same weight? If they happened in 2020? Because, I mean... And I, I'm i here in Minneapolis We're Not quite three years removed from, from George Floyd and that almost feels Like a lifetime ago
3: Yeah, yeah I was thinking too um, That does seem a long long time ago <clears throat> And Man the amount of Of coverage for that And for the riots and, and, and Across the country that wasn't just Locally you know what I mean So yeah
1: yeah, well, well but it, i mean it's gotten to the point where where there are so many hmm. other i think frankly more egregious crimes you know like like you you think about certain crimes that happened uh you know Rodney King uh Trayvon Martin George Floyd you have these kind of uh hot button crimes that have happened of police brutality but there have been a billion other instances that have kind of gotten glossed over and i don't understand it sometimes it feels to me like some of that just has to do with like the nature of the news cycle which is a shame yeah right um yep yeah i don't i I don't know how the news cycle works and certainly right now i have no idea how the news cycle works today especially when there's so many other stupid distractions like the lawsuit that in the you know what is going on with Fox News right now and admitting oh, that they man. lied about the election and all these and still trapesing that out there,
3: still traipsing that guy out there on 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 air, is is what is, slays me. I found an interesting list of <clears throat> top sixty biggest news moments of all time. Spy, hey. spy balloon, yes. Spy Chris. balloon, yeah. Yes. Hey, that was that was some dangerous stuff. <clears throat> uh, I'll pick a few here and and just imagine what that would be like with a twenty four hour news cycle now. Okay. okay. Um, I would say, I mean, obviously Kennedy's murder and Jack Ruby being shot shortly after that, right? Um, would, would be a big one. Uh, Martin Luther King, but the one that I saw here was. <clears throat> Peter Jennings and Jim McKay report live from Munich at the summer Olympics, murders of 11 Israeli athletes and,
1: and, and the the terrorist yeah. takeover, Right. I mean, that, that's, that's, that's huge. That should be absolutely a 24 hour news cycle thing. Yeah, I, I can't,
3: the coverage of that, um, would just be, I, I, it's hard to that hard to imagine. Um, some of these now we're getting into. Uh, here's a few that we, we did miss. Princess Diana's murder and and, and and dying in the car accident. Yeah. Um. Some of these, I don't know. President Lyndon Johnson shocks nation by announcing he won't run for second term. I don't know that that's a big one.
1: Yeah, I don't know. But. I, uh, you know, what's, what's a big one for me that I don't think, uh, people have appreciated enough. Uh, do you remember 19, this was probably 1995, 1996, uh, John McSherry MLB, oh, yeah. um, MLB umpire dies on the yes. field on opening day in Cincinnati. Right. Uh, um, was it opening? I think it was, it was, it was early. It might've been opening. <laughs> day. It was early April. Yeah. Yeah, no, I think it
3: that was opening day and, okay. They were just talking about that on the radio a couple months ago when uh, Damar Hanlon uh oh. collapsed on the field and, and what the president's precedence was for something like that. Yeah. So I do
1: remember that. I,
3: I think that was opening day because if I remember I, right,
1: I'm pretty sure you're right. It was, I remember it was <clears throat> early in the season. It, like I said, it was like 95, 96, somewhere around there. John McSherry dying, uh, it's one of those things that should not yeah. have gotten glossed over as much as it did not that sports were important or you know it's not like again it's not the challenger it's not someone that is, was of of you know note necessarily right. but the fact that it was America's pastime it's something that people look to for kind of a break from real life and it happened in real time on live TV I think yeah yeah
3: April April 1st 96. Okay. Reds and, and Expos were playing an opening day game. McSherry was home plate empire. Seven pitches into the game.
1: <clears throat> yeah, it, It's certainly one from my life that I think probably sticks out more than, I, you know, I mean, obviously, again, we've lived through the Challenger explosion. We've lived, we've lived through the OJ case. Like, we've lived through the LA riots. Uh, not to diminish any of these other things, but there are some... Of, 9-11. some these, yeah, 9-11. We haven't talked about 9-11. Obviously. And that not
3: there's a generation of people that are not that have never watched a TV show or a news program without the the ticker rolling across the bottom. Uh, no, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, and, and if and if you remember right, they were so the reason they had that was because there was so much information flowing in that they had to find another avenue to, to put that
1: information out. J- Jolene bring, brings up a really good point the Oklahoma City bombing. Oh yeah um I I remember that taking over. Good Lord I so first of all, I apologize if you came to to listen to old man strength and you wanted to hear Chris and I make fun of each other and instead we're just talking about national tra- uh, tragedies for sure right? right um joel yeah i i mentioned the the california earthquakes earlier um and you're right the the earthquake during during the world series was absolutely a a, a huge deal um uh yeah it just oh the jesus the, boston mary <sighs> Yeah, uh, boy there's, a, is, lot there's a lot of them getting very there's a lot i i don't
3: know that it, it's 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 story it's history though right and it's it is interesting to to look back and see <clears throat> uh let's let me ask you this and maybe we can pivot off this off this topic and we'll move to something else yeah, yeah earliest yeah, yeah. earliest news memory that you remember as a kid <sighs>
1: probably challenger for me i mean I'm, I'm i'm a bit younger than you yeah um right i mean i mean i was a
3: freshman in high school when that happened
1: um uh i mean i'm sure for you uh reagan getting shot was a big one that, that is mine that's
3: yeah. the that one or I an, I believe it or not and more sadat getting shot and the only reason i remember that is because i was school, we were we had a a school speaker coming to our school that day to talk to us about Egypt and the the Egyptian pyramids and all that stuff, and he canceled because he was shot that day.
1: Yeah, I I mean, uh, Chris mentioned mentions Iran hostages. Uh, the Iran Contra affair was probably pretty uh, strong in in my memory as well. But did you comprehend what that was about, though, or just that it was in the news? Um, I re- <clears throat> I remember. Uh oddly enough I remember reading Oliver North's testimony hmm. uh for whatever reason as a kid I <sighs> So my family was was very much a a, a religious newspaper family we got yeah. we got three different newspapers in my house Uh we got the 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 local the regional and the state. We didn't get a national paper in our house, but we did get multiple. And I remember, uh, you know, uh, every morning while I was eating my Cocoa Puffs, I would read through uh, multiple newspapers, and I would read through the Big Peach when it was still Peach. Yep. Uh, for for some of our Central Iowa listeners that remember when there used to be uh, a, a sports page called the Big Peach way back in the day. How, how long has that been? By the way. 30 oh, years. Wow. Yeah. It's probably been
3: 30 years since I've done that. Yeah. Is
1: that right? Um, yeah, I think so. Uh, but I very vividly remember uh I mean I must have been seven years old reading uh reading a transcript of the Oliver North testimony. Uh, uh such a nerd. Oh well, I yeah, I know. Have you met me? I'm sorry. I've I have cared a lot. I we we'll get in here into this in a little bit. Like obviously, I you have seen on our Slack channels how much I I, I actually get involved in kind of the interworkings of of how uh, the political system works. Um, oh, I get it.
3: No, I get yeah, it.
1: Yeah, yeah. Uh, and I I did. I I, re- I remember in junior high having a debate with my. Superintendent about who should get the nomination at the Iowa caucus. Uh, that's how much of a nerd I was. Uh, and I disagree with seventh grade Tim, by the way. Seventh grade Tim was a conservative asshole, but uh seventh grade I, Tim
3: was caucusing for who?
1: Um boy. Uh I don't even remember. <clears throat> um, it Jerry been... Falwell, was Jerry Falwell, wasn't it? no it might have been. robertson like, i think it might have been <laughs> buchanan be actually it was something oh my that. gosh it was something terrible about uh, seriously it was it was uh it was one of those um anyway anyway i do remember reading the oliver north testimony, like a transcript of that um if that tells you anything about what a well so to be fair my, my next door neighbors, um, uh, th- their de- their parents were an attorney and like a biological researcher, like a PhD biological researcher. So I, I was surrounded by also like really big nerds. Uh, Fair. Th- I, 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 I listened to NPR from a way too early age. Oh my gosh. Um, yeah, well. I'm
3: not even sure I knew what NPR was until a couple of years ago. Oh
1: no. I yeah, no. I I've I've you know, it's the least shocking thing that's been on this yeah, podcast. that's true. No. I no, I've any anyway. Uh so I will say that that the Iran-Contra affair did actually loom pretty large for me uh growing up as a kid. Um but yes, no. I'm I, I'm I am certainly old enough to remember the Reagan administration. I'm certainly old enough to know that the an assassination assassination attempt was made uh, to impress Jody Foster as a kid, I remember hearing that, but I don't remember that happening in real time. right? I just remember that kind yeah of after the fact. like like you think about like some of these things that happened within like the last five years. Some people that you know don't necessarily remember them in real time, but they know they happened, right? Yep. I, that's that's how I remember the the assassination attempt. I would say that the, the Challenger explosion Was probably the first one that I vividly remember. Well, again, because we were all fucking watching it on TV, and if you think about that, what a nightmare that was for a bunch of kids to understand what was because like they had all talked up Krista McCullough, right? This is yep. a teacher. This is a teacher going into space, and that's why every kid across the country was glued in on that and watching that was because this is this was important we weren't just sending an astronaut to space we were sending a civilian to space yeah yeah, yeah. so that one that one was especially because because that that news was so oriented towards children i think might have been even more traumatic
3: yeah they were dragging everybody into class to watch the the, the thing launch yeah so I mean and it so
1: and it happened so early into the launch pro- process.
3: Yeah.
1: You know, yeah. it would have been one thing like if they had gotten into space and they'd been in orbit and then something went wrong, but it literally went wrong early. And yeah. Was, like I don't I don't remember I don't remember my teacher talking to me about it. Um we weren't in my classroom because at the time there was only like you know like seven giant TVs that were on like the the big cart or whatever. Right. Right. Um and so I remember going into another it wasn't even just another teacher it was like another grades classroom. There were like yeah. four, there were like four classrooms in the same classroom all watching the thing. Yeah. A bunch um,
3: of kids sitting around on the floor.
1: Yeah, exactly. So I yeah. don't remember anyone having like a like a conversation with me about what happened, but also where i grew up i can't imagine anyone was equipped to figure out how to talk about that
3: yeah no I, anyway right <clears throat> that would be pretty tragic I, I i don't i was i think i was in uh i was in phoenix at the time i was a freshman in high school i think i was in gym class when it happened
1: yeah i was gonna i was gonna, I was gonna look that up i was gonna see what what uh what year it was
3: uh, let's see
1: yeah, yeah, you're right there. Challenger 28th, 1986. 1986. January okay.
3: 28th. Yep. So
1: Yeah. Yeah, so like I said I was like 78
3: years old, yeah. 73 seconds into the into the flight.
1: Yeah. Yeah, and we were all sitting watching excited. I mean, I don't know how much of a real time delay there was, but there also wasn't a delay to 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 stop that. Yeah. So No, yeah. I
3: don't I don't know that there was one, right? It it was I mean it was as alive as it was at that point. I don't know that they were down. Yeah. So
1: Yeah, no, I no. That one that one that one will probably still be next to nine eleven be the, the, the most poignant one in, in my life just because uh we all watched it happen real time. And nine eleven I actually didn't even get to watch in real time. I would get to, like I said, like it's a, a thing. Like I right. I was I was at a job I was out I was not at the office I was not near TV I heard about it I didn't really kind of process that it was a real thing and then I watched it all after the fact
3: I was listening I was driving to the store uh dad was actually in Phoenix supposed to fly back that day to Des Moines uh I had heard on the radio just a news report that a plane had hit a building in New York and by the time I got to work and walked in the back room. The TV was on in the warehouse and the second plane hit as we were, as I was watching TV. And then, you know, an hour or so later that, you know, the uh, the plane had hit the Pentagon and now they're shutting all these things down. And at that point, I had no idea if my dad was on a plane or not. Yeah. Uh, so had to, had he finally, um, he finally called me and said he was at the airport waiting to get on a plane. And,
1: uh, he had to go, he had to get off the plane. So, I, uh, so my, my now ex mother-in-law, um, was working in Manhattan at the time. Uh, and normally shouldn't have been down in the financial district. Yeah. Certainly had no, no reason to be down in, in, uh, in the world trade center Plaza. Um, and so I started getting calls from, uh, from, uh, you know, her, her family members. I was getting, you know, calls from, from my now ex-wife's uncles saying, Hey, is Pat? Okay. Have you heard from her? And I'm like, I, I, first of all, I didn't know what was going on at the time. And then when I finally did, I'm like, well, no, 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 She, she's at like midtown Manhattan. She's not anywhere close to any of that. It's fine. But I hadn't heard from her Yeah. and I finally did. And she actually had like a meeting down at world trade center Plaza that morning and uh she had like for whatever reason she had like a breakfast meeting and then she went back to her hotel so she she watched it all happen from her hotel in jersey oh my gosh right across the river but she had been there like an hour before the first plane hit oh my gosh like like i to me i was like she always stays in midtown near the oracle headquarters like she's not anywhere close to that but for whatever reason she was in she was in New Jersey, and she had a morning meeting at World Trade Center. And then she went back to her hotel, and she watched it from the balcony from her hotel room. Um, so like I, I didn't even realize like how close she was at the time. I didn't, you know, it was it. It took like, you know, twenty four hours for me to learn all of that. And so I was getting all these messages asking, "Hey, have you heard from Pat? How's she doing? Is everything okay?" And I was like, "I'm sure she's fine. She stays in Midtown. It's not a big deal." Uh, I didn't, I didn't get it. But also, I wasn't there, so I. Or like I wasn't like even watching in real time So I was away from an office, away from a TV. Yeah. I didn't know I didn't know what was going on, so it was all it was all very very different. So so Jolene, you you heard this on on KQ. You're saying, um, uh, Tom Bernard's coverage. That's uh, I I can't imagine. I'll, I'll have to maybe sometime go back and and listen to to Tom Bernard's coverage. Um. Uh he's not necessarily known for the most sensitive reading of of current events. So I can't imagine what that what that would have been like. Um but uh still just all wild in real time.
3: Yeah. All right.
1: <clears throat> we'll uh you we'll take a break from
3: for Kyle and then we'll come back and we'll hit our STFU segment here in a little bit and then wrap up.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Let's, let's, yeah, let's go ahead and take uh, another break. We'll grab another word from our sponsor, Kyle Lehman at Wintrust Mortgage and we will be right back.
3: Uh, There was some conversation today on Twitter about um, to now not being a good time to buying a house. They want to move and and, and buy a house, but because of interest rates and, and so on, they feel like maybe it's not the best time. So what would you, what is your response to that? Because, I know that interest rates are higher than they were say two years ago when Stacy and I refinanced through you, but they're still coming down a little bit. And I think maybe it's a good idea to, 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 I think there's a little bit of fear out there of people doing now because they're afraid this isn't the best time to finance.
4: If the, if there's not a lot of buyers, the sellers are going to be willing to do more. If you are a buyer, they're going to be willing to do, you know, give you closing costs, you know, Last uh, last uh, winter, you know, end of what twenty one, beginning of twenty two, it was you were insane. It seemed like if you asked the seller to provide closing costs, now it's a given. Like it's everybody basically to ask for it and gets it with really no issues. If I'm buying, I'm gonna buy before rates go down because what what can I do if what can I do if I buy a house for 200,000 and my rate's 6% and then rates go down to four and a half, you can refinance. And guess right. what? You're only going to own 200,000 minus whatever you put for a down payment. Instead of the rates go down, you pay 225, your payment's going to be probably the same, maybe a little bit less on the 225, but your neighbor's still going to owe $25,000 less than you. And they're going to have the same rate as you because they're just going to refi.
3: That's from our continued series with Kyle and uh, the first-time homebuyer series. So,
1: which I think is it's- fantastic. If if you guys aren't checking out Kyle and the knowledge that he has, if you're looking to buy a house, not even just a first-time homebuyer, uh, I I can certainly tell you right now that that uh, the market is challenging right now, while it. It may not be a seller's market because the market is rough, the interest rates are high. It's not a buyer's market, it's a challenging market right now. Mm -hmm. But if there's anyone who can actually give you sound advice as both a seller and a buyer, uh, I, I think I think Kyle really understands what is going on in the market right now. Very sound advice. So, so Kyle, thank you very much for that. Um, Chris, I, I think it's probably time for us to pivot off of being just <laughs> terrible old men talking right. about all of the tragedies that have happened in life. Um, uh, is is there something that, that you want to – I mean, there's been a lot going on here recently. Is there anything that you did want to talk about that is not just uh, things blowing up or people dying?
3: I don't know. With the last two months that I've had, I'm not so sure I'm the guy you should be asking. <laughs> well, okay,
1: well, so, okay, well, then here, I'll, 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 I'll pivot here, and I'll even use a segue here. All right. Speaking of things that are imploding and complete tragedies, what is going on in the University of Iowa Athletic Department?
3: I don't know, but I, I have to address this comment first from Cole, my neighbor. <laughs> Hey, Cole, when this podcast over, I'm going to come over there and punch you right in your face. So David Montgomery is not going to the chiefs and knock it off. Okay. There's a a tweet out there reporting that he's, first of all, if David Montgomery has a really, really close relationship with Matt Nagy, then I would suggest he needs serious psychiatric help. That would be my first, (laughs) that would be my first problem. So, uh, but yeah, let's talk about something fun. Like the university of Iowa, man, (laughs) what a shit show that is. I, I can't even imagine. I, we jokingly talked a little bit in Slack today and I, and in my defense, I was reluctant to ask the question because I really didn't know the answer. And I figured you were going to hammer me and, and make fun of me. And you, Slightly took the high road, but uh <laughs> Ted Lightsiko's uh uh tweet about uh the president um refusing an interview uh by reporters. I I wasn't sure who that was. So when I read the tweet, not knowing who she was, I thought it was like again, this is gonna you're gonna make fun of me be head of the weekends to talk to the University of Iowa and they came back and said uh, no I we don't we won't talk to you and that's why I put it in Slack and said hey you know it, it when is the firings gonna come at this point not knowing there wasn't a president of the board of regents well
1: there well there well there is a president of the board of regents there there okay. is certainly and, which by the way he is actually um an Iowa grad uh just so you know there is a president of the board of regents okay um but the board of regents acts like I mean, honestly, man, if you've ever worked at a Fortune 500 company and you and you've looked at that board, first of all, in the private sector, boards are usually made up of uh, the founder or primary investors' best friends, uh, so they're they they do not really provide, like for instance, when I was at um, at Buffalo Wild Wings, the board of directors was chaired by uh, the guy who had previously been, he might have still been when I I was at Buffalo Islands, but he was previously like the uh, executive vice president of design at Best Buy from when I had been there, James Damien. And uh, not to say James wasn't a very smart guy, but a board of directors meets quarterly. They have no fucking clue what's going on in the business. They've no clue what is going on in the business. And I would argue that the, the board of regents, not like you know, uh, I it's great to see representation like the current board of regents in Iowa. Uh, you know, Kim Reynolds did appoint a student at the University of Iowa on the board of regents, so there is you know a mixed representation. Um, I but they still don't really have. How how can you expect a board of I, what is it eight people I think to really understand all of the ins and outs is going on? Uh, especially, so Iowa is a small state. They are not a large state. They might be the smallest state with two AAU uh, two AAU universities that are actually in two different conferences. And I know that athletic conferences don't seem like they play. A role in in academics but they do funding from from particularly the the non-revenue sports really goes back into the the academic coffers and so you've got iowa might be the only state anywhere near its size with two power five two different power five two aau schools uh plus drake and you and i and i know drake is not part of the state university system but you have you have a university system in in iowa that is very unique um then I mean, you look at minnesota Minnesota's larger than iowa we have one state university system that is the university of minnesota twin cities and a bunch of these smaller things like morris or whatever that are not uh that are still technically part of the university, the state university system, but you don't have another competing school. We've got reciprocity with different States because there's different things going on. Iowa historically has really tried to segregate their academic programs uh, by school rather than letting the schools even compete against each other. And the region's historically, again, appointed by the governor, so it's not anything that, like, the voters are voting on. Um, it's not anything where there's any real representation. Um, the Minnesota State screaming <laughs> eagles. Thank you, Chris. Uh, I'm sure Craig T. Nelson is very happy you brought that up. Um, but uh, the Iowa approach to state education... Uh, in particular, the regents have made things that have been uh, done largely along ideological grounds. Uh, and that's why you already have these situations where uh, it literally takes someone like Rob Sand saying, Motherfuckers, we have seen how many state settlements, ha- like legal right. settlements happen. What is it going to take to remove someone? Yep. Right? And for whatever reason, the, the, I mean, the president doesn't necessarily have the, the, the power to do any of these things anyway without the backing of the Board of Regents. So if the president says, I'm not going to have any statement, well, it's because what statement are they going to have to contradict the Board of Regents? Because the first thing you – know, first of all, you don't you don't bite the hand that feeds you. You don't bite your boss, right? right? And the president reports to the Board of Regents. So, what are they really going to say? And so, when you have a three panel jury, it that Rob, the only one making sense in all of this, full disclosure friend of the podcast, Rob Sand, but also the one making sense. Right. The one literally li- like, like if there's what, the, like, I love Rob. I'm certain he has political aspirations beyond what he's already doing as, as the auditor. Uh, if there's one thing he has learned, there is there's one thing that that can unite uh, all Iowans is that is that Gary Barta is not good at his job. Um, although I would argue that Iowa State fans would probably keep on encouraging Gary <laughs> Barta to stay in in that role. Um, but I think what is happening with with in particular is um, there are a lot of ideologues. That are making things happen for the state public education system in the state of Iowa that really fall more along the lines of all the other problems that are going on with the state and public education system in Iowa. Um, You know, Chris, when you and I were growing up, Iowa was one of the best in the country for public education.
3: I took the Iowa basic test skills in Arizona right, because it right. was the standard.
1: Right. And, and, you know, standardized testing aside and all of the things that are there. Right, I, No, I, but
3: I'm just symbolism. That's what I'm saying. That, yeah, that exactly. Was...
1: Ex- exactly. And now I think, um, uh, I mean, some of the things I'm seeing coming across the Iowa legislature's desk that they're honestly, seriously considering, uh, scare the shit out of me.
3: Well, I will I I read something uh before the election cycle. I can't remember where I read it, but there's it's a playbook that's being played out in legislatures across the country. And it's it's the you you look across it's not just Iowa. You look at it Missouri and Florida and most of the red states. There's a playbook of specific legislations that are being introduced in these legislatures with the exact same language and the exact same effect. Absolutely. You're not wrong. And and I'm not putting Iowa as saying that they're off the hook. What I'm saying is is that people need to realize there is an agenda here of what they are going after and what they are targeting, and why is that? You need to ask why.
1: Yeah, I mean, well, I guess what I would say that makes Iowa unique is that Iowa didn't used to be this way. Right, I'm never saying that right. Iowa was. I'm not saying that Iowa was a blue state, but the, but it's the state of Tom Harkin, right? Yep. Um, it's a, it's the state of Tom Vilsack. It's the state that that went very heavily for for Barack Obama. It's it is a, a state that has sure. It's the state of Steve King, but it's the state that was largely purple, if not blue, for a while. Uh, yep. And to be so. F- Fiercely and um, strongly red, um, uh, is is surprising, for sure. I mean, I and I think some of that has to do with with the brain drain that, that we're seeing in in a lot of states, and I think some yeah. of that has has to do with, um, man, I I'm telling you, I I, I love Iowa, but but the declining population. You know, speaking volumes for what's going on, um, Yeah, uh, the aging population, uh, Des Moines has done a really good job, I think, of helping to maintain... I think Des Moines has done a better job in the last 10 years than they did in the 30 years previously of trying to actually, like, maintain uh, a, oh, youthful, 100%. A, a youthful population. 100%. Uh, um, but I think, I think when you see some of the ideological things, and, you know, you as someone... Uh, married to a school teacher, can see that that uh, I'm all about individual freedom when it comes to education. Um, I have a hard time parsing between making sure everyone has individual freedom and a party of small government trying to make sure that the state pays for individual freedom. Like if you're literally of a small government, why are you offering to give money people to give money to people to make that, that same choice? Like if you're not going to pay money to fund things that are obvious, like we all know that at this point it's, it is empirically true that Schools where students' lunches are paid for have better performing, better performance because kids that eat learn. Like I don't know, like that's like yes. not that that's not even like up for debate at this point, right? right? Um, but the fact that those things are up for debate for people. Well, I don't want to pay for someone else to get lunch, but the state should offer. Tax credits, whatever, to people to be able to go learn whatever the f they want, whether or not that it conforms to any type of standards. You see that if if I'm seeing that at the elementary level, I can't expect that that there's not going to be some carryover to the university level. And I think what we've seen is the re. I've had a problem with the regions for thirty years, but I think it's gotten even more ideologic in in, in the past. Uh, 10 years than than ever before. And I don't expect that the regents are going to do the right thing. Certainly not the right thing for for the taxpayers of Iowa or the students at the University of Minnesota. The number of comments I saw on those posts about how. I'm sorry, I'm I'm quoting here the phrase scumbag race baiters was brought up. Mm -hmm. To talk about the The student athletes that brought the case in the in the first place, yeah. Uh, ind multiple independent agencies came in and said yes. There was there was right. a a clear policy of discrimination here. Multiple independent, multiple independent agencies came in here and did this. This was not This was not just people. You know, bringing a. a there's this weird you know it's max of white privilege but the fact that that you know you look at at that board of regents and they reflect strongly uh the same culture of Iowa that is forcing bad public education policy uh at the the kindergarten level and I think that's where I really 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 struggle um and why I don't I don't have confidence that the right thing is going to get done. I'm sorry. That was a rant, but I, obviously I I have, I I have opinions.
3: No. And I I think that that's well warranted. I, I, I don't disagree with anything you said. Um, I run the gamut a lot on, on these education bills because I see some of the things that, that are affecting right off the bat. This, this voucher bill, for example, Uh, the Des Moines public school systems has to cut $12.5 million out of their budget Mm
2: -hmm.
3: next year. Um, Caitlin just got a, a first grade teaching position. Um, She's moving to second grade and one of the jobs that was at a school that she applied for and almost took the job, got eliminated this year. Mm -hmm. So, um, You know, I'm sitting, I've said before, I'm sitting here now two months in uh, and haven't had a job. I'm not entirely sure what would happen if my wife, who's had over 30 some years in the district, at that point, they look at her and say, okay, we need to make a cut. She makes X number of money. We can hire one and a half of these younger teachers coming in here at that price.
1: Yeah, it's, um, it's, it's the, the this is definitely not age discrimination, age discrimination.
3: Right. No, 100%. And then the um, there's a bill going on in Ankeny now through the Ankeny School Board that's going to cut several uh, programs and jobs. And they're afraid that there's going to be a, a pretty bad uh, exodus of Ankeny teachers that leave.
1: And Ankeny, by the way, I'm not saying Ankeny has not been one of the most explosive school districts in the entire state. But they decided they didn't have enough room and so they, they built a whole nother high school. Right. They got exorbitant pretty fast over the last 15 years. Right. Uh we're gonna call in
3: an audible here for the uh for the Steph Copley segment. So you ready to go for that? And then we'll bring yeah. on uh bring on one of our listeners here. Yeah, yeah, I
1: love it. All right.
3: All right, we're gonna uh, take a listen to uh, Steph Copley's uh, sponsor segment. Uh, Shut the fuck up, and uh, and then we'll come back with uh, our new uh, uh, our new person.
0: Hey, everybody! It's Steph Copley, the woman behind the STFU segment on the Old Man Strength Podcast. When I told the guys I wanted to sponsor this segment, they recommended that I make a charitable donation instead. So that's what I did. I chose the Young Women's Resource Center in Des Moines, Iowa. They're a nonprofit that supports, educates, and advocates for girls and young women ages 10 to 24. Their whole goal is to make sure that these young women become strong, self-confident, and successful. And if you know me at all, you know that aligns with my goals as well. If you're interested and would like to donate, check them out at ywrc.com. Org and donate today, and remember, don't forget to STF you and listen every once in a while. Thanks. What are you laughing
1: at? I well, I'm I'm laughing at. First of all, um, I love Steph. I, my only worry about Steph is that. She was dumb enough to sponsor anything for us, idiots. Um, <laughs> it's for a good but I, but, for a good cause. Oh, it's it's for a great cause. I'm also I'm also laughing at fifth element rules. Yeah, I know. <laughs> he's, he's, such a, he's
3: such a douche. Also, whatever you're listening to this on, you need to turn it down. What? So if you're if you're watching this on a different device, Chris, you gotta turn this, you gotta turn that down. There's a lot of feedback.
1: I can yeah. barely
5: hear you. Am I really loud? Yeah. That's all right.
1: Um, there you go. That's good. Yeah, perfect. No, all right. you're, you're good now, Chris. All right. I'll Only try was, I'll just try rules. to stop quiet.
3: That's that's his shut the fuck up moment. It's fifth element rules. All right, I'm kicking him out of here now. <laughs> all right, so Chris, you know the gist of this. Tim and I get to shut the fuck up. You get to say whatever you want. God help us. Uh, is that how this works? You've heard this podcast before. Do you not listen this deep into the episodes? You don't uh, even listen this deep into the episode, Shipley. I don't, I don't
5: know if I've heard this particular segment. Um,
3: this segment is, is at one point, believe it or not, Tim wouldn't shut up. So Steph told him to shut the fuck up so that she could get a point in. That's I, that's I that
5: can't way. imagine that. Uh, all right. So... Um, I don't. I don't get a prompt or anything.
3: That's your prompt. You get to say whatever you want without me interrupting or 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 Tim. So no, here, here's
1: here's your prompt, Chris. Uh, you've got five minutes to air out your grievances with Shipley. <laughs> 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 what? Oh man! And, and, and I know I only gave you five, so you have to be I, selective here. I don't want to
5: kick him while he's down, though.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah, because that's never stopped you
3: before. <laughs> Oh man, mm. it just feels wrong. All of a sudden, Delagardelle has a conscience.
1: I was gonna say, hey. I, mean, I don't know. I don't know. You should have wrote on was.
3: Dyer. Dyer would have ripped me within five seconds. Probably, probably. All
1: right. So, 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 Chris, um, the floor is yours. Chris and I are gonna shut up. Uh, what is? What's grinding your gears?
5: What's grinding my gears? Um, honestly, uh, with the, the stuff you guys were talking about, with some of the stuff that the state, the Iowa state government is trying to do, um, I, I I mean, I agree with, with both you guys. I just don't understand um, where it's coming from or who these people are, because it just seems like, you know, 10 years ago, I mean, just like, like you were saying, Tim, I mean, it, it seems like a different state. It honestly does. Um, and I don't know if it's all just, um, they're just trying to put forth stuff that they know isn't going to pass, but that their particular base is going to appreciate. I feel like that's a lot of it because some of these things, you know, like the gay marriage one, for example, that's, that's never going to work. They can't take those rights away. um, Now that, now that we've had them for however many years it's been. Um, I mean, what, the first thing i thought of when i read that was what happens to is do people get grandfathered in all the people that w- have been married since then when it was legal what happens there you know um you know so i just i don't get it i don't get it um but um you know hopefully we can you know like i said i mean the the stuff will very likely get shot down and hopefully um hopefully we can make a change to where we don't have to uh hear this kind of stuff anymore
3: it's it's certainly been changed to now that they um they want to legislate out of fear rather than out of yeah out of leadership you you can't lead by by keeping people fearful and and scare and 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 the boogeyman uh the the one that set me off the other day was the tweet uh with the video from the guy from cpac who was talking about transgenderism needs to be eradicated um right i've I've kept off facebook and i've kept off some of those for a while but I, i i posted a pretty big rant about that 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 is straight up nazi 101 out of the playbook. You, you, you take a, a group of people, you blame them for your entire problems, and then you, you make it a point to eradicate that problem by removing them from society. That's that shit's dangerous. Yeah. And, yeah. and scary. And, you know, John, um, I'm sorry, I'm, I'm forgetting his name from uh, comedy central who, John uh, John Stewart's, Stewart uh, video that's floating around, uh, on the gun debate. Um, oh my god! Says gosh. it perfectly. Says it perfectly. I that mean, was amazing. Yeah, he. he you want to legislate people and infringe on their rights, but not when it comes to the number one killer of children, right? Uh, which yeah. is gun violence.
1: Yeah, I mean, I. So I, I had said on Twitter that like I don't care how my 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 child identifies as long as their primary identifier is alive. Um, and I stand by that. I I do think one of the challenges with what that John Stewart video had was that the rules of engagement have changed. Um, and we're seeing this right now with all of the testimony showing that all of the Fox News executives and Tucker Carlson have shown through their text messages and through their emails that they know they're lying. And yet you see Tucker Carlson yet this week doubling down yeah, and posting irrelevant video of Jacob Chansley and saying he should be exonerated, and you see, like it, it, it's, it's because they know it doesn't matter, it doesn't matter, right? And so yep. snark, and so snark from the left doesn't work. Yeah. yeah, and it doesn't matter how many. Like, I mean, first of all, mm. I'm, I'm guilty, man. I. Again, I have I have tweeted multiple times that I have never registered for a political party. Um, I was never excited about Hillary Clinton. I was never excited about Joe Biden, but I did vote for both of them because I was not excited about Donald Trump. Right. Right. right? And so I am not. I am, in some ways, I'm part of the dichotomy in that I am against one side but that doesn't make me a part of the dichotomy because the dichotomy itself is false right i i don't i just don't like one extreme and i can say that first of all there's there's no dissonance in my mind of saying hey uh the republicans are terrible and you say well the the democrats are awful also terrible like that's true but, like, punching my grandma is not as bad as stealing the candy bar or,
2: yeah.
1: or, or is it worse than stealing the candy bar, right? Like, like, there's, like I, I, can, I can differentiate between the two crimes, and I can say that both crimes are terrible, but one is very worse. And so punching my grandma is worse than stealing the candy bar. And the, and the Republicans are punching my grandma, and the Democrats are stealing my candy bar. Like, I don't have to say that I align with stealing the candy bar to say don't punch right. my grandma. And right. that's kind of what's going hmm. on is that there there are these problems that I I know that sensible, smart people in Iowa have a problem with, have these weird, first of all, the Democrats are literally the the farmer and labor party. And who is voting for Republicans? It's not the farmer or the labor. Like, 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 right. Like the blue-collar people and the farmers, the people who need help from the state, aren't the ones voting for Democrats in Iowa. They're actually voting for Republicans. They're voting yeah. against their self-interest. Yeah. Um. And so it, it becomes a challenge of. Yeah, uh, it was that that John Stewart video was great and i tweeted about the hypocrisy of the system but i also know there's not a single republican whose mind i changed with that video i don't know how to find common sense
3: yeah yeah that makes sense
1: i
5: i'm just i'm just i'm really honestly discouraged and i have been for you know Eight years now, but it just things are just becoming so entrenched on both sides that it turns into, you know, most people aren't voting for somebody. They're voting against somebody else. Yeah. Um, yeah. Well,
1: which, and, and, and that's where I'd argue that I don't think people were voting against people when they voted for Trump. I think they were literally voting for the stupid charisma that I don't get. Maybe i mean no one voted for 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 hillary or biden that had a cult like there's a there's a cultism like no one belonged to the cult of hillary or the cult of joe there's a cult yeah. of trump that i do not get like like you can point out to their face like like donald trump could call you a pussy and punch you in the throat, and, and some of their yeah. followers would still be like, uh, he's just listening to what I want. Like that is the point that seems weird to me.
3: Yeah.
1: And then I think that's what I was suffering from. I mean, well, Kim that's Reynolds what literally spitting the face. That's the what a cult is. Yeah.
3: That's that's what a cult is. And I and I, I think I'll I'll finish up with this point. I, I have seen some reports of some Republicans that have come out, some Republican voters and things like that that have come out and said, this is not, this is you know, the, these, these anti LGBTQ, um, bills, this is not what we elected them for. You know what I mean? We elected them for, for, you know, I, and I, I, I can preface, by I know, I know what you're going to say, Tim, that, you know, they, they didn't hide, what what they were running on, right? I, I was going to say, and that.
1: and 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 they've already made it to committee, and that's the right. biggest problem I have. Right,
3: but I I do think that they, there is a majority of uh, of Iowans that don't want that, and hopefully that next election will, will 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 turn that tide. But to your point. I can't tell you how many times they've voted against their own self-interest. So,
1: and 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 that's and that's what I worry about is that all the 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 Iowans that say God, I hate what they did, but damn it, Jesus was a Republican. Right. Like like that's that's what's happening in Iowa right now is is the greatest trick the devil's ever pulled is is that they've convinced everyone that Jesus was a Republican. Yep. My my sister's church has. Basically come out and let's ignore that separation of church and state says that you don't don't let a a politician tell you how to worship and don't let uh, a worship leader tell you how to vote like that. Like, don't neither of those sides should happen. But that's what happens is the idea of, damn it, I don't agree with anything they did. But here's this one issue Abortion, gay marriage, whatever it is. Here's this one issue of I don't care if they want to punch babies in the face, but they are against gay marriage. Or I don't care if they want to kick grandma in the teeth, they're against abortion. Right. And support the death penalty. Like it, like it, there's these weird single-issue voters in Iowa that have gotten so heightened, I don't I agree, Chris. I would I, I know there is a strong contingent of conservatives that say, hey, we don't stand for that. But they'll allow that because of this one issue that isn't even up for debate.
3: I a hundred percent agree with you. The the one issue voters uh, drive me crazy. I, and and I don't know how you get around that. I, I can look at some some things that the Democrats or that the left do and, and, and say nope, not not on board with that. Um, sure, sure,
1: but but again, it doesn't have to but, be at two sides. They're like a billion right, ways to approach
3: yes. billion Well, us I, let's, I, let's, I think that's kind of what I meant when I said in the tweet yesterday about Rob Sand. You know, we'll go full circle here. Rob's approach to that thing with the University of Iowa. Was just common sense, and it was it was pretty and, goddamn fucking conservative. It was pretty right. goddamn right wing. Don't charge the taxpayers money, right? And and I thoroughly believe the two other people on that panel that voted to agree with it did it because he was a Democrat and they didn't want to give him a win.
1: Which which is the biggest irony because it's probably going to give him the biggest leg up when he yes. uh, eventually announces his, his agreed his uh, candidacy for governor.
3: Yep. All righty.
1: I got to go to bed. (laughs) I got to go
3: to Makokita tomorrow.
1: I I, I was going to say, you got a big day tomorrow. I uh, do. I'm I'm
3: driving to Makokita to take furniture to my mother. So where is Makokita? I don't even know. It's uh, in between Dubuque and Davenport and the of Iowa. Yeah. So, Oh no, wait, that's for Dodge.
1: No, 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 no. Makokata Caves, man.
3: Yeah, I've never been.
1: Oh, as as an eastern Iowa, I will tell you how I've been to, to Makokata several times, although not in the last 30 years, because I haven't lived in Iowa since shit. I haven't lived in Iowa in over two decades now. Uh, see, it's all
3: Tim's fault. He left and this whole place fell apart. I hey, I was the glue, <laughs> I
1: was the glue keeping you guys together apparently. <laughs>
3: You know,
5: oh, my God, what a shitty thing that sounds Yeah. Like. <laughs> I'm having a little bit of a technology <laughs> issue because I can barely hear you guys, so I'm having to, like, listen really hard.
1: Um, no, 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 you heard that right, Chris. I am the glue that keeps Iowa together. Oh, yeah. Okay. <laughs> uh,
3: All right. Thanks for hopping on, Chris. Hey,
5: thanks, guys. Yeah. We'll see you, Chris.
1: Uh well, shoot. Uh with that, I feel like the perfect place to end is uh everyone agreeing that I was the only thing that made Iowa still sustainable as a state. Um yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I would go with. Oh uh, well, uh this was fun. This was a, a fun uh experiment. I was really happy to see the people that popped on at least for a little bit. Yeah, uh, that was great. Yeah, it was fantastic. Thank you, everybody. I was really happy to see uh, a Minnesotan pop on. Jolene, thank you very much for joining yeah. us for this. Uh, this was a lot of fun. knew they had
3: internet in the, in Minnesota? Uh,
1: uh, I'm sorry. We have we have a state government that actually works. We actually understand the infrastructure. But anyway, um, again, I moved up here 20 <laughs> years ago. We, we understand how to run a, run a place. Uh, no. We thank you all very much for listening. Uh, if you have not gotten a chance to get down to Revelton Distilling in Osceola, Iowa, 1400 West Clay Street, please go visit Rob and Christy. Uh, If nothing else, just go down. You tell Rob or you tell Christy, hey, I'm here because Chris and Tim sent me and uh, they will either buy you a drink or apologize to you and buy you a drink. Um, Seriously, (laughs) please go down visit them. uh, Enjoy all their products and if you can't get down there, go visit any uh high v spirits uh i i don't even understand how the how the the liquor stores work there chris where else can they they find relevant pretty much all over the state right
3: all over the state they're all over the state and you can travel down there to see them but uh and we might even maybe next time we do this we'll have christy come on live and make a drink and I would really love to have Christy
1: on. The last time we had Rob and Christy on, we let Rob talk way too long and Christy not
3: enough. I know. We buried the lead on that deal.
1: Yeah, yeah. Frankly, uh, Christy is the smarter, better looking, more charming half of that duo. So we need to have her on. Um, Also, I want to go ahead and give another shout out to Kyle Lehman at WinTrust Mortgage. Uh, man, this is a weird time to buy a house. And if there's anyone who can give you a really good advice on what to do, uh, what you need to just learn, what you need to do to, to prepare to buy a house, whether that be figuring out what your finances are, figuring out what your down payment is, what the market is doing, you, you go find our friend Kyle at Windrush Mortgage and he will help you figure out what the next steps are.
3: 100%. We are, uh, I think we're going to do this again uh, with side of the storm tomorrow night. Uh, I think we're looking at eight 30 central time. So George and Brent and, and uh, Marcus are going to hop on, do a little big 12 preview uh, tomorrow night. And then that'll be in your feeds to download uh, for your trip down Thursday morning. If you go and uh, things are going well. So. Absolutely.
1: Absolutely. Well, thank you guys very much for sticking with us once again you have been listening to a special live edition of old man strength brought to you by revelton distilling company and winters mortgage i am tim johnson joined by the ever present chris shipley sure we'll take that you can find him at (laughs) on twitter you can find me at tim johnson and please check out all of the three beards media podcasts uh old man strength hot mess hot mess happy hour by the way I had a great time hanging out with with Amy from Hot Mess. Yeah, yeah, brunch. Uh, at brunch, it was fantastic. She is a smarter, more charming, more personal uh person at uh at Three Birds Media that we need uh, more presents from.
3: That's right.
1: That's uh, right, yeah. You know, uh, absolutely. She made it on time.
3: She was on time. <sighs>
1: she, uh, <laughs> that's a no. I I got I I got our, I got her table. Uh, and I text messaged her, and I told her, hey, you know, our reservation is eleven forty five. I got her table. You come find me. And she said, we're on our way. And she she was staying three blocks away, and they drove. <laughs> they drove. <laughs> They drove. Uh, God lover, I know, I know, but uh, so much fun. We we talked so much about uh, what was going on. She was up here enjoying the Big Ten tournament, talking uh, about Caitlin Clark, and uh, you know, I, for as much as a diehard Cyclone as I am, um, Caitlin Clark is a, a generational talent, and I'm not going to ever 100%. deny that what she does and the way she makes it look effortless. Uh, and the fact that it's even a debate, who's national player of the year for women, is be. is stupid. not And
3: we are, stupid. we are so lucky in the state to have both her and Ashley Jones. I mean, a- imagine Ashley,
1: Ashley Jones who just won Big Twelve Player of the Year, like right. very clearly should have won Big Twelve Player of the Year, right? Yep. We we have we have the two best women's uh, basketball players in the country, in my opinion. Yep, and
3: I, I will uh, I will announce that uh, George Strice is going to be a little pissed off. Maybe we'll let him be uh, a little co-host, but uh, I am in talks to have Coach Matt Campbell uh, on Old Man Strength. So uh, I'm supposed to get a text message back uh, of when he's going to be put on the schedule. So be prepared for that.
1: So anyway, thank you guys very much for listening. We have so much more content coming out. Um, uh, Joel, thank you very much for hanging out with us For this entire time um, We are very grateful To all of our listeners uh, Please again, check out all all The podcasts, I, di- I didn't even mention all the others uh, Film the Blank with Anya uh, Obviously Hot Mess Happy Hour, Bitter Units Chris, you have like seven Podcasts now, what else do you have going on?
3: Fall starts with Bill Blank Monday, this Monday Coming up this Monday uh, we are going to have uh, Lindsey Fennelly on to talk about her story.
1: Oh my goodness! And you're going to let Bill I- I- interview? Him. I'm going to let, gonna let Bill mean. interview an Iowa State
3: Cyclone. So, uh, I, I've got the mute button and the. <laughs> <laughs> let me uh, tell you let- something. That fall starts podcast. It's 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 got a little bit of a showing, but we talk about some really important stuff on there. So. It,
1: it, no, it's it's been a lot of fun. I love to give Bill a hard time because Bill deserves a hard time. Uh, That's like, right.
3: Literally, that man. When is... you want to wish bodily harm on a referee, you've got some serious. Mental issues
1: <laughs> he does. Uh, his his opinions on refs were uh, very enlightening, very fun, very liberating, and also a little scary. Um, But no no uh, We thank you for that uh, Please go ahead and check it all out But with that guys I have kept you on way too long So we thank you And we will catch you guys Next time